Welcome to the Encore Wire Codes and Standards Podcast. With over 40 years of combined technical experience in electrical codes and trade-specific product standards, join our hosts Paul Abernathy and Kevin Porter as they talk codes and standards and, of course, Encore Wire. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Encore Wire's podcast, sponsored by the Codes and Standard Division here at Encore Wire. My name is Paul Abernathy, your manager of Codes and Standards, and with me... This is Kevin Porter, Supervisor of Code and Standards, and looking forward to a great podcast today, Paul. Absolutely. So, as you folks out there know, we come to you every month with an interesting podcast. Sometimes it's about Encore Wire products, sometimes it's about installation issues, maybe it's about a standard. And so, having me here for the codes part of it, having Kevin here for the standards part of it, melds us together, and we think we're going to give you some great podcasts coming forward that you can learn from and share with other people out in the field. So, Kevin, what's today's episode about that we're going to be talking about? Well, Paul, I think today what we'd like to share with our our listeners is the installation part of it. What happens to an installation when you're dealing with either sidewall pressure or you're dealing with coefficient of friction or installation issues okay. when you're pulling conductors through conduit. What happens? Okay, so we're going to be talking about, you know, as an electrician myself, so we're talking about the installation of conductors inside of a raceway and the characteristics that can affect it based on the pull. Right. So we have so many things as an electrician that we have to take into consideration. So from an Encore Wire's perspective, we're worried about damage to the wire, right? All the time. We're worried about it. We, we don't want you to, to exceed the pulling tension. We don't want you to damage it by having excessive value for sidewall pressure, which can cause the insulation to get crushed as it goes around a bend. So all of those type of things we're going to talk about into today's episode and give you some recommendations and kind of talk a little bit about that installation a little bit. Um, I should also mention up front that if you want to get a good document that really explains some of the things that we're talking about today, go over to the Encore Wire website. So that's EncoWire.com, and you will see under the resources, you will see an installation guide document. Now this installation guide document is gonna have a lot of things on it. It's gonna talk about conductors being used in a certain temperature uh, like a PVC versus cross-link polyethylene and nylon, where you frequently see nylon cracking when it's really cold, and that's okay, depending on the condition of use, and we'll probably talk about that in an up- upcoming podcast. But you get other information there. It talks about how to actually calculate the maximum pulling tension. But as we like to say at Encore Wire, there is a variable to that, which there is a maximum pulling tension, and then, of course, you have what's called Encore Wire's recommended maximum pulling tension, which is basically 75% of the maximum pulling tension, which is usually going to be way less anyway than the actual tugger that you're going to be using anyway. So usually it's just a, it's kind of a, just an exercise, but that's kind of a recommendation. So we're going to look at all those type of things uh, in our installation today. So first things first, Kevin, I guess we should talk about aluminum versus copper in the pull. Right. So there's benefits to both, right? Um, but we do know that aluminum is softer than copper. Mm-hmm. 
So the variables that you would use in a calculation, if an engineer is doing a pool calculation, which they all should be doing, right. um, then they need to take into consideration that there are different variables that we're going to use inside of a pool calculation. Um, so two different materials. Now, that might be a negative thing to some people, but let's look at the positives. That. So comparing the two. Copper has its uses. Aluminum has its uses. Um, copper weighs more. Right. Aluminum is less. So, but if you need more amps, you got copper for size comparison. It's going to be a smaller conductor. It gives you more amps. Right. Aluminum is going to be a little larger conductor. It's going to be less amps, but you have to go up in size in order to get a comparable amps to copper. Right. But since all of our aluminum is compact aluminum, so it's pretty comparable. So that's not too big of a deal to go up maybe one size or so. So it's not, a, not that big of a deal. Right. But when we're pulling it in a raceway, we really have to worry about whether or not we're going to damage these conductors. So, Kevin, what, are there services that we can offer at Encore to help a customer do this? Yeah, there's um, definitely services that we like to provide for engineers, um, calculating your pulling tension for you and actually doing a pull to make sure that you don't exceed certain um, maximum pressure um, stress values um, during your pool. Um, as you said, that there's different um, calculations that you would have for copper versus aluminum because of the weight and the stress values of these two materials. So um, we offer a very extensive um, calculation for customers if they're needing it. Yeah, so we also will give documentation of it making sure that they know that this is a recommendation from us. We're not the design engineers. We're not the one designing the system. However, we can be a competent set of second eyes to look at something because ultimately we just don't want you to damage our wire. Right. And we want the longevity of the wire to be uh, there for many, many, many years. Okay. People ask me all the time, what is the lifespan of wire? I'm like, well, we can't predict that. We can't tell you a lot. We can't tell you to last 100 years, 20 years, 15 years. It's all based on conditions of use. How you load it, what you put on it, right. how you install it, where the where it's being installed. There's so many factors that we can't give you a lifespan on it. However, what we can tell you is that if you install this product in accordance with the requirements of the National Electrical Code, and good installation practices that you learn in your trade schools or in your vocational schools or in the field, if you do all that, then you'll have a reliable, long installation. It's going to be uh, probably outlive us all. That's so correct. so let's kind of look a little bit, Kevin, at, uh, we, so we have an installation guide that folks can get. It's free. It's over on the OnCoreWire.com website. Again, go to the resources and you'll see installation guide. Just kind of scroll down. Let's talk a little bit about a maximum pulling tension calculation. And we're gonna we'll keep it simple because we have an example that is in our illustrated uh, our, uh, installation guide. So we're gonna keep it simple. Right. So when there's a single conductor, it seems that this, and you're the formula guy here. So in a single conductor, it is T equals S times A, mm -hmm. right? Yep, where the T stands for the tension. Okay, that's the maximum pulling that's tension. That's the maximum pulling tension. S is a, a um, what they call a stressor, and what that 
means is that it has a certain value for the material, whether it's aluminum or copper, you're going to have a different value. And then you and we give you, and we give you those values, don't we, Kevin? Yeah. We, in our we, installation we guide, we'll those give you those values. values. So yes. what is it for copper? Now for copper, it is... Is it 0 0.008? Yeah, copper is 0 0.008, and for aluminum, it is 0 0.006. Okay. So that's the difference, and that, that will... You so will that's see our the results. S value. Yeah, that's our S value. Okay. And, and so then we have an A. Yeah, and then the A is basically the, the circular area of your conductor. Okay. And so that's circular mill. So if it's a 350 mil, yep. KC mill, it's, it's 35, uh, 350,000 cir circular, uh, circular, circular mills. mills. That's okay. correct. Okay. All right. And, and because there's only one conductor, then that is, you know, that completes the formula. If there was multiple conductors, then you would multiply that times the number of conductors. Okay, so multiple conductors is just inserting a new variable that is the number of conductors. Right, that's correct. So if it's, uh, so in our example that we give in our guide for those, again, free download, make sure you get it. Um, let's talk about a four, 500 kcml, THHN, THWN, copper conductors that are installed in a raceway. Right. So if you had a situation like that uh, and you wanted to see what's the maximum amount of tension what type of tugger do I need to, to get in order to pull this? So again, your first um, variable is the um, S for the um, conductor stress. And we talked, this is copper. So it's 0 0.008. Right. Then you have N, which is the number of conductors. And we said that was four. Mm -hmm. And now you have the circular mills. So we said is 500 KC mils, so, 500, so times 500,000. You multiply those together, and you'll come out with 16,000 pounds of tension. Okay, so that tension is the point, what we like to say is the break point. Right. The, the point where you could elongate a conductor. So at the end of the day, even when we say maximum pulling tension, Based on those conductors, that is the maximum pulling tension. Right. Our belief here at Encore is that we never want to do it to the max. No, we do not. We want to protect our products and protect our customers. So what we recommended is 75% um, of that maximum pulling tension. So 75% of 16,000 pounds, um, that will come up to 12,000 yeah. pounds of tension. Right. So, and typically on a normal pull, Kevin, the installer is going to use a 10K tugger. Right. So when they do a pull calculation and they look at all the variables, and even when we do one, we'll give you a printout, okay? Um, obviously, I'll remind you that we're only willing to do that pull calculation if you're using Encore Wire products, so keep that in mind. You know, it would be pointless for you to rec request us to do a pull calculation on somebody else's because that ain't going to happen. So you do ours and you do it and we do a calculation. We'll give you a printout. It will tell you at each point of that pull what the maximum tension is. Right. So if we know that it's a uh, so we what we have, Kevin, in, in, is a document that all of our customers can get from our Uncle Wire representatives. And it is a pull calculation form, form yep and it is designed by us for you to, for the rep to give to the customer 
and they have to fill it out. Now, this is the same information you would need if an engineer was doing your calc. That's true. We want to know the raceway. Uh, we want to know the types, the size of the raceway and trade size, trade size three, trade size four, trade size one and a quarter, whatever it is. We want to know any offsets. We want to know changes in elevation. Mm -hmm. We want to know whether the 90s are horizontal or vertical. Um, we want to know all of that information. We want to know ambient temperature of the pool. Uh, we want to know the installation types, whether you're using THHN, THWN-2, or X in your raceway. Right. We need to know all those variables. So that brings me to the next question. So we know now how to determine Encore Wire's recommendation for a maximum pulling tension, which is 75% of the maximum pulling tension. Correct. The next thing people ask us, Kevin, is about the coefficient of friction. And okay. why do we use 0.17? Yeah. Now, the reason we use 0.17 is you might see people talk about differing varying, you know, 0.12, 0.13, 0.14, 0.18, 0.19. Mm-hmm. The problem is that every raceway type has a varying degree of resistance to surface tension. Right. So we don't know what the end user is going to end up using. You could have a plastic PVC with metal elbows because tendency is to burn through the elbows if they're plastic on a tight pull, so they use metal. So there'll be PVC in the horizontal runs, and then when they get to the, you know, the uh, elbows, they'll change over to metal or something else. There's different coefficients of friction on all these different types of surface materials. Right. So some of the products, it might pull better. It might end up being 0 0.14, 0 0.13. It could be lower. Reason that we use 0.17 is we believe that that is the happy medium right in the middle mm -hmm. so that it doesn't matter whether or not you're using PVC or rigid or whatnot. It puts you right in the sweet spot. Yeah. And that's what we use in our calculations. Uh, understanding that people don't always clean their raceways so when somebody gives you a really low coefficient of friction value, I would assume they have to assume that that raceway is squeaky clean yes. because they don't know what's in that raceway. Right. So we kind of try to take all those things into consideration when we give you a value. So right. we use that value in our calculation of 0.17. And it just ends up being a happy level between all the different types of wiring methods that you could pull these conductors in. And of course, coefficient of friction is the dynamics of, of uh, vertical pressure, gravitational pressure through horizontal surface friction mm -hmm. and the, the, the relationship between that and the pull. Of course, all you seasoned electricians out there, you should know that one of the tricks to a good pull is to make sure that you get all of the bends that are in the pull out of the way up front. Don't try mm -hmm. to pull and leave the bends at the end because now you have all this weight laying right. in the raceway and now you're going to try to pull it through these bins at the end. No, no. Look at your installation and always try to tackle the bins up front. Never at the end. So I like to say front load your bins. Don't back load your bins. That's true. That type of yep. thing. Um, another thing, Kevin, that people don't think about is incoming tension. How hard is it to get that wire off that reel? That's why there are, are real payoffs are beautiful for this right. because those things reduce the amount of incoming tension. And the one thing about those is you can always help them by kind of spinning it mm -hmm. as it pull. You can give them assistance, but they, they, they really roll very easy. Okay? So if you can lower that amount of incoming tension, 
that's going to result in a better pull calculation. That's correct. Yep. It's less about the coefficient of friction between 1 1.14, 0.15, 0.16, 0.17, point, is less of an impact than it is with that incoming tension. And we like to see that incoming tension down at below 100 pounds of incoming tension. And you will get that with a real payoff. Right. You might not get that with a static pull, that type of thing. Uh, another thing uh, before we'll get to the sidewall pressure and let you talk on that is I will tell everybody out there that's listening to a, about the pulls, you need to get good at your pulls. You cannot get into this habit where you're stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting. Once you start the pull, it needs to be a fluid pull. Once you get started, make sure you have everybody in place and you make the pull. It is really not advisable to get into a pull and stop. Now, I thought things happen. But once you stop and that inertia stops and you have to start up again, depending on how far you're into the raceway, it can add undue stress on the bend locations and that could play a role into damaging the insulation. Right. So again, we're assuming you size your raceway properly. We're assuming that you start your pull. We're assuming you're not exceeding the wires recommended uh, pulling tension. You've chosen the right tugger. You've reduced your incoming tension the best you can, assist it in some way. And by the way, if you don't have the real payoffs, they are pushers that you can put on the wire when it's larger wire that helps push the wire into the raceway rather than having it tugged at the end. We call those pushers. And mm. they got two big wheels and they actually will uh, go right up against the, the conductors and help push yeah. it into the raceway. So that's called a pusher. Yeah. So you can put that with a tugger and a pusher Again, whatever can reduce that incoming tension, that's going to be key. So with that said, let's kind of talk about sidewall pressure, okay. Kevin. So what are, what is Encore Wire's recommendations for sidewall pressures that you don't exceed? Well, I'm just trying to remind the um, users out there that you have varying, varying sizes of conductors. And for conductors that are 8-gauge and smaller, uh, the sidewall pressure should not exceed 300 pounds per foot of bend radii for one single conductor okay. and 500 pounds per foot of bending radii for two or more conductors, paralleled or plex. Right. So if I'm plexing conductors in a raceway uh, or paralleling, well, like I'm pulling two sets of a, two A's and two B's and two C's in a raceway, let's say, um, we will call that. Now, our industry calls that paralleling. But we know all you electricians out there know paralleling is different. Mm -hmm. That is where you run parallel sets in order to achieve a greater level of ampacity. Right. We call that paralleling in the National Electrical Code. That's 310.10G or H, depending on what code cycle you're in. But from the wire and cable industry, when we say paralleling, we're just meaning multiple conductors pull side by side in a raceway. Right. So yeah. it's kind of tough for people that are not familiar with the terminologies in the wire and cable to think what the electrician does. But plexing is an easier one. Because plexing is where we're actually twisting or cabling the conductors together in a cabled format. It just doesn't have a sheathing on it. They're right. just twisted together, and they're pulled inside of a raceway. Now, some people ask me, is it better to pull them plexed than paralleled? Mm. That's a good question. And think about it this way. If you're pulling the conductors that are side-by-side side and you're not pre-twisting them, mm -hmm. then you've got a lot of individual conductors with a lot of surface area that's rubbing on the raceway. When you plex them, at any given time, you only have one conductor or 
two conductors touching the raceway because they're being twisted together. So it reduces the amount of surface area over the long, over the long entire pull. So plexing will aid in your pull. Right. Because there's less surface tension. Okay. Um, now, I'll remind you that just because you may twist conductors in the field, that doesn't give you any benefits of calling it a cable. Right. It's not. You just plexed or twisted conductors together. You can't create a cable on your own in a field. So we're talking about for raceway fill applications. They're still individual conductors, and you treat it as such for raceway fill. You don't get the benefits of treating it as a cable and things like that. Okay, So that's get that off the table. Yeah. Yep. Uh, plexing is just a process of twisting conductors together in that kind of scenario. Um, so there is a benefit to that. Not saying it's a requirement or whatever, but there can be a benefit to a pull. So if you have a complex pull and you're looking at it, then maybe you order something pre-plexed or pre-twisted, it might benefit your installation, you know. But either way, you can go with it. Okay, so that is, that was eight gauge and, and smaller, right? Right, yep. So, what a, so next size would be six and larger. What, is, yeah. what did we say on that? Yeah, for um, typical six gauge and larger, the sidewall pressure should not exceed 500 pounds per foot of bend radii for one single conductor and 1,000 pounds per foot of bend radii for two or more conductors, again, parallel or plexed. Okay, so in most of the applications that for our products, you're probably going to fall into, I guess, Kevin, most of our products, you're going to pull more two or more in a raceway. Right, yep, two or more. So for eight and smaller, don't exceed 500, 500. per foot for right. radial foot. And then for six and larger, don't exceed 1,000 right. per radial foot of bend. Yep. Okay. So, all right, makes sense. So, in this, in this situation here, if I'm pulling all of these conductors through the raceways, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't want to stop and start, I want to get consistent, right. get, get started, pull it through, we're not going to exceed 75% of the maximum pulling tension, and we showed you how to calculate that out. That's right, yep. Um, what about bending? So what about, our, we get a lot of questions from people that say, okay, so sidewall pressure, what about individual conductors, like once they get into a box? I know that's not really part of the topic mm -hmm. of, of the pull calc, right? but we do get that question from time to time. Paul, Kevin, what is the maximum maintained bending radius on an individual single conductor? So do we give guidance on that? Yeah, we have a recommendation on that. Um, in the NEC, it gives you um, guidance for 1,000 volts or higher. Um, but what we have is a um, recommendation on our website under the uh, resources in the installation guide, a min minimum bending radius. Um, and it, it depends on the, the diameter, overall mm -hmm. diameter, mm -hmm. and the thickness of the um, insulation. So if your overall diameter is one inch or less and your say for instance your thickness of your conductor is um you know you have to look at the table but 0.156 or less then four times your minimum bending radius as a multiple cable diameter is four times the od okay so i think the one you're talking about correct me if i'm wrong that table is actually for cables Okay, so yeah, individual yeah. conductors we had, we, I think the reason that, we, that, I, that I say this to Kevin is because I recently added some values into our guide. So mm -hmm. uh, all of you out there that's in the field, you're welcome. 
So you can go get that guide because it has been recently updated. And so, again, we kind of planned that because we wanted to basically announce that the, the new guide does have individual conductor values. So shifting back to Kevin. Now I see. Yeah, people do install yeah. cables and in raceways. That's right. Tray cable, for example. There's only certain applications where you can install tray cable. Uh, many people don't know this. There's really four places. So tray cable. It can be direct buried if it's rated. Right. It can be on a messenger outside, the mm -hmm. messenger being a support component from building to building, let's say. It can be supported by that. Right. Uh, it also can be installed in a cable tray, obviously. It's tray cable. Mm -hmm. But then it can be installed in a raceway. Right. And if it's installed in a raceway, then you still have these applications that you have to be aware of for raceways. However... You can install multiple cables of ours that fall under this category, and we want to make sure that you're not going to damage the cable itself right. by bending it. So we give you some recommendations here for the cable, and this is without metallic sheets. So this has to do with tray cable. Okay. But if you're wondering what the maintained bending radius and stuff like that is for MC, then you're going to go to Article 330. Right. For the MC, mm -hmm. you're going to go 320 for AC. You're going to go to 334 for NMB. And all those, they're going to give you the varying values that you have to maintain for bending those types of cables. Right. Okay. Here, we're talking about a recommendation without metallic sheathing. So, yeah. this is going to fall a lot in line with the non metallic products that I talked about with okay. the, you know, the NMBs or the uh, other type products here. Always remember, though. These information that we give you is a recommendation. You need to follow the National Electrical Code if they give you some maintained bending radius values. Right. Follow the code. These are simply recommendations from us. And this is mainly driven towards tray cables, to be honest with you. Right. This, this is really driven towards that. Mm -hmm. So, because I will tell you this, if you go look at the tray cable, it's very limited information under 336 of the NEC. Very limited information. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information for NMB. There's a lot of information for MC. There's a lot of information for AC. Very little for tray cable. So we're giving you some additional guidance here for those type of applications. But, so as Kevin was saying, you, as long as you know the, the thickness of the conductor, which you can get from our website. Right. All of our products have product yeah. sheets. You can get all that information. And then you just look at the outside diameter of the cable and you match them up and, and there's your multiplier. That's right. And you can come up with the value. And that's a maintained bending radius. Mm -hmm. okay? We want to make sure that you stay there because we want it to be a nice gradual bend. We don't want right angles and sharps and right. things like that. So with that said, Kevin, I don't know if your guide shows the individual conductors, yep. does it? Yep, I found okay, it. Okay, let's I go. I found it. I just need to go one page further. Um, but if you have a single conductor, the minimum bending radius for a single conductor, um, our recommendation, 14 gauge through 4 odd, multiply the overall diameter by 6, okay. and then you'll have um, your, your bending radius. So now that's an individual conductor, but if I were to put four individual conductors together, this would yeah. still be okay. Because we're be only okay. going to use one conductor to give us our value. Right. So in a plexed assembly where I had four conductors, mm -hmm. the maintained bending radius would be based on the largest conductor in the set. Okay. And if they're yep. all the same size, then that's 
Yep. That's okay. Yep. We, it's so much easier for us to just give you an give you the one conductor, right? And base it off that, yep. because obviously bending the one, we're gonna it, it's it's affecting the other one. The others, yeah, and yeah. again, it's the more you have, you're not gonna be able to bend it near as tight as you would for one anyway. Yep. So it inherently protects itself. Yep. So we're we're okay with that. Yep. And then for 250 kc mil to 500 kc mil, it's a little bit higher, seven times overall diameter. And then finally. If you have a conductor that is 600 kc mil through 1000 kc mil, it's eight times overall diameter. So this is a very useful, handy um, bending radius recommendation that we want to provide the electricians or inspectors so that we don't damage the wire out in the field. So. I think this is something that we want everyone to have access to, and we recommend you downloading this installation guide for um, personal use. Yep, and the one last thing that we will end on that is that remember, these are recommendations. Uh, a lot of times your 14 gauge and 12 gauge and 10 gauge, you know how you bend them to go to terminals, you bend them in boxes and, and things like that. I think if you really look at a 14 gauge and you do six times the OD, as long as you're not bending it in a, just a tight U, usually you're not gonna have a problem. Just remember, the code, the National Electrical Code, which is a minimum safety standard, mm -hmm. does not give guidance on maintained bending radius when it comes to under 1,000 volts. Right. So that's why we're giving you guidance. Yes. Whether you choose to use this or not is totally up to you. These are guidance from the manufacturer. These are not part of our listing. This is not something that's required. This is additional that we're giving you that you can go download from our website and it gives you some insight. The key here is don't bend the conductors to the point where you elongate the insulation right. or crimp up the inner diameter to where it splits or cracks or something like that. All of that would be its excess and that potentially will damage and then the longevity of that product starts to go downhill from that. Right. So de definitely don't wanna do that. Well, Kevin, I don't know if there's anything else to discuss on that episode. No, I think we um, hit all the major points. I think the key here is that in installing conductors, especially Encore Wires conductors, we want to protect it throughout the installation. So we're looking at pulling tension, we're looking at sidewall pressure, and we're looking at the bending radius. So hopefully this podcast has provided a lot of useful information and that we will have more and more successful pools in the future. Yep, and remember folks, you can always reach out to Encore Wire, our codes and standards team, to help you do that pool calculation. Just contact your local Encore Wire representative, ask them for the pool calculation sheets, fill it out, follow all the instructions, let us know everything that we need to know on that sheet, do not leave it blank, get it back to your Encore Wire representative and they will get it to us and we are more than happy to give you a second set of eyes to make sure that you have a successful pull. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Encore Wire's podcast. You've been listening to the Encore Wire Codes and Standards podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to visit EncoreWire.com for more information on Encore Wire products, and be sure to check out the Where to Buy feature on the website to find an Encore Wire representative near you today.